Shut up and sit down. Welcome to another episode of Business Bros. As always, we want to take a moment to remind you why you are here listening to us today. If you're investing your valuable time into our podcast, it's because you understand the truth behind Albert Einstein's words. Problems cannot be solved by the same level of thinking that created them. So if you want to find financial freedom, make more money, quit your current 9 to 5 job, Or if you want to increase your bottom line, be a better investor, or be a better business owner, then you must follow the number one rule in business, which is be of service to others. Business bros would love to help you maximize your profits by helping you find ways to be of service to more people alongside our fellow entrepreneurs and the Money Coaching Club, a.k.a. E equals MC squared. So please visit us at www.seasfirst.com. That's S I A S F I R S T.com. And as you listen today, remind yourself of these three questions regarding today's topic Why did you get into business in the first place? What if you found a way to implement what we're talking about today? And how can you take advantage of the information that you hear today? By scheduling your free coaching call. That's how. Exactly. All right. We're going to continue our conversation we had with why you need insurance so we last time talked a little bit about well we talked a lot about auto insurance and homeowners insurance and we dug deep into like those other things that insurance covers that you don't normally think about right right uh when it comes to auto insurance pretty much everybody who drives has to have it uh when it comes to homeowners insurance if you have a mortgage you have to have it a lot of places where you rent the landlord will require you to have it, uh, especially in apartment complexes. Um, not necessarily if it's owned. If if a unit is owned or, or a house is owned by a single person, a lot of times they don't require it. Uh, but sometimes even they do. And of course, if you are a landlord, then you are a property owner, and you'll want to have that coverage as well. So there's a lot of reasons why you are mandated, essentially, right? mandated yeah you don't have a choice at that point you're borrowing money you have some sort of uh risk and nobody else wants to take on you're forced by law to have it for some cases and forced by the finance company and others to have exactly exactly auto insurance forced by law homeowners insurance forced by the finance company landlord or actually that's pretty much it that's pretty much it yeah Yeah. because i mean we have properties that are free and clear and so having insurance is optional correct but Thank God we had insurance, especially when we have large losses when a ten- when a tenant tears it up. Cause exactly. Holy moly, that would suck to come out of pocket. Yep, yep. That's exactly what insurance is there to do. Remember the basic principle in- of insurance is this word called indemnity, which means to make whole. So if you have a loss, if you experience a loss, the purpose of insurance is to replace what you lost or indemnify you or indemnify you oh big words big it words, just sounds words. better when you say the big yeah, words yeah. nobody knows what you're talking about but it sounds better <laughs> it, no, no 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 for sure vocabulary is uh, very important and you know we want to make sure that we're using the right language we have we quite an extensive vocabulary yeah <laughs> all right let's talk about businesses being that we're business bros right that was good. That was good. That was I good, right? It, yeah. That was all solo, me, right there. That was there. good. Caught you off guard. You're like, oh, I didn't get to make you. All right, so I'm in business, right? Why do I need insurance if I'm in business? 
Well, a lot of times, if you are self-employed and you work from home and you don't have uh, a retail location or you're not renting a spot from somebody else, a lot of times you can get away with not having insurance. That, but, but, because I hear a but coming right here, you, you're you. putting yourself at risk. <laughs> Yeah. But you're putting yourself at risk. So let's say, for example, a tax professional. A tax professional who works from home, who doesn't have a uh, location, an office, if you will. They have their home, of- their home office. So there's a couple of different things that could happen. If somebody comes over to their house and they are coming to drop off a tax return or pick something up or whatever it is, they trip, fall, hit their head at their home if they are uh in the middle of business if they are conducting conducting business if they are if they have business pursuits in their home and they don't specify that to the insurance company there's a possibility that their claim could be denied ooh then they'd be on the hook for medical expenses or income losses or exactly exactly ouch so if those types of things are disclosed to the insurance company then usually there won't be an issue, but uh, if those are not disclosed to the insurance company, then there's a definite possibility that they could deny the claim. All right, so I hear a lot about general liability. What does that mean? General liability is pretty much exactly what we just talked about. It's your slips, trips, and falls. That's the first part of it. So your general liability is going to cover you for any damages that you cause to another person. So... Let's say, for example, you are a landscaper. You are running around and mowing people's lawns, or you have employees who mow people's lawns. And one of these employees is mowing the lawn, and a rock gets caught underneath the lawnmower, goes through the window, breaks the window, knocks over a priceless vase, whatever it is. That sounds expensive. It could be very expensive could be very very expensive and if you have general liability those things will be covered hmm so you're covering some more mayhem and essentially covering more mayhem all right, all right mayhem guy the other thing that general liability tends to cover is what we call products and completed operations so again kind of sticking with the contractor theme let's say that you are a framer and you are putting together a house whatever it is and you nail some two by fours together and there's a nail that's sticking out on one side. And some months go by and uh, that nail is still sitting there, still sitting there, still sitting there. And somebody walks, finally walks across it and scratches their arm. No big deal, right? Except that that nail has been weather worn and now it's rusty and that person gets tetanus and, you know, worst case scenario. And they here they are coming after foot you. foot or whatever. Sure, yeah. Now, all of a sudden, those are your products and your completed operations. And since you did that, since you uh, did that work, that's your responsibility to pay for those damages. So let me give you a scenario here. Let's say a contractor, for example, right, is building a house. Mm-hmm. They, there's a sprinkler system around the outside. They built some concrete or whatever. And for whatever reason... You know, when they were installing the concrete, there's like a break in the line or something, right? And you can't really tell because it's on top, but the water seeps into the house and there's mold. And now, you know, uh, you know, six months or a year later, after everything's been completed, 
all of a sudden there's there's damage and the landlord wants to come after the people who built the house. Is that like a general liability type claim? That definitely is. And there are a lot of complications when it comes to the construction industry and even the example that I came uh, that I that I gave. Uh, there are nuances in commercial insurance that uh, I'm sorry, in contractors insurance that we probably don't want to get into here today. Uh, but just to kind of give you a, a brief summary of what it is, is that there is a certain cutoff point when the claim will not be covered anymore. And to continue to have coverage for that for you know an unlimited amount of time, you have to pay a little bit extra to make sure that you're covered no matter how long after the work is completed, you're still covered. Oh, all right, all right. So, in other words, there's like a statute of limitations kind of built in. Right, right. We The term is sunset clause. Okay, because the sun will set on the time frame. Exactly. All right, that makes that actually makes total sense. It totally That's does. It's a good name. <laughs> it, it is, right? It is. Uh, so, general liability and uh, your products and completed coverages, that also covers you for, uh, let's say, for example, you are a owner of a restaurant. And you don't cook the chicken quite right, you know. You obviously, left it a little bloody. Left it a little bloody, and somebody gets sick off of that. Salmonella. That's covered. Uh, if you are a manufacturer of children's toys, and a small piece breaks off, and a child chokes on it, you're covered. covered. All right. You know, this is all part of your general liability. How much coverage do they normally come in? What should they normally get? Do, I mean, I know it's going to depend on per industry or whatever, mm-hmm. but what do you? Th- commonly see uh usually starts starts at a million dollars in coverage for general liability there's also what's called an aggregate which uh essentially means that if there are multiple claims they add all of the claims together and then that's the most that they'll pay out during that policy term so policy term is usually one year they will pay out a maximum of one million per claim and if there are multiple claims, the max they'll pay out during that one-year policy period is usually $2 million. You can opt for higher coverages, $2 million per occurrence, $4 million aggregate, etc. and so on. You can also get an additional commercial umbrella policy, which if you remember we talked about last time, an umbrella policy is an additional liability coverage that goes above everything else. So the way I like to explain umbrellas versus coverages it's like if you're out in the rain and you're wearing a hat that's your regular insurance but if you have the umbrella it might cover everything your whole body right yeah right? so you, you got sense. a little bit of coverage over your head so your head's mm-hmm. not getting wet but you, you know you still got arms and legs you're still exposed a little bit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you get an umbrella it covers everything around you it covers you a little bit better there's still wet around you there's right. still exposure but you're more covered correct Correct. So your general liability as a business owner is going to protect you, the business owner, from other people who may have reason to sue you. All right. All right. So, yeah, always against those lawsuits because they come in like shotgun bursts, right? They sue pretty much everything. Right. Yeah, that's kind of like a lawyer's thing. Sue everybody involved. Yeah. Throw, you know tag everybody and see what sticks exactly exactly so you got to make sure that your general liability policy is there to cover you 
Right. And if you are, again, we talked about uh, if you're a business owner who's operating from home and you opt not to have a general liability policy, you're putting yourself at risk for anything that you might, any products and completed operations or any uh, foot traffic that you may have in your place of business, whether it's your home or otherwise. What's uh, So then if that's general liability, what's professional liability? Professional liability is for those of us who have professional licenses. Like real estate license or a tax license or an insurance license. Or a... Uh, lawyer. Lawyer. Yeah, I was, was going to say a lawyer's license. Yeah. No. <laughs> you're a lawyer or you're, you're a, a CPA. Lawyer. Yes, exactly. You're a CFP or whatever. Or even a doctor. You know, all of these people have a professional uh, responsibility, yeah. a professional designation, and... There are instances where one of them could make some kind of a uh, costly mistake. So let's say, for example, a lawyer loses a case. Mm -hmm. That's not necessarily um, a reason why they would need to file a claim under their professional liability. Lawyers sometimes lose cases. That's that's what happens. Part of the game. But if they lost a case because, let's say, they... Negligent. Yeah, they were negligent. They misplaced some crucial piece of evidence or they specifically did something so, so wrong, so blatantly negligent that it caused that loss... Uh, of that of that uh, trial or, or lawsuit or whatever it is, then they could be sued and they could have to file a claim it, under their professional liability. Is that like a malpractice? S- very similar to malpractice. Very similar. So malpractice is another name for professional liability that is specific for doctors and physicians. Oh, so like if you go and get surgery and they leave the scalpel inside of you right. or some gauze inside of you, that's yep. a malpractice. That is a malpractice. Exactly. So the doctor messed up somewhere. Correct. Oh, all right, all right. So, so and those I'm assuming are very expensive policies, especially for those doctors. That's why our insurance rates, uh, our health insurance rates, keep going up because they don't pay it; they pass it. They pass it. They right. pass it. So every time you're going around suing a doctor, you're causing the rates to go up for everybody else. But hey, sometimes you gotta sue. <laughs> sometimes you gotta sue. Sometimes you gotta sue. Hey, you know when it comes down to it, they're. There are punitive damages that could be awarded to punish someone who is doing something completely wrong. So let's take uh, the one that they love to throw out there all the time is the lady who spilled a cup of coffee on her lap and sued McDonald's and won like $40 million or whatever it was, whatever the number actually was. What they don't tell you is that McDonald's had over... I don't know, 700 or 7,000 complaints. I forget which decimal place the zero's in. Uh, But they had multiple complaints from the same, not from the same person, uh, but the same type of complaint over and over and over and over again. They were warned, they were warned, they were warned, they were warned. Coffee's too hot. Coffee's too hot. And so when this person finally had uh, that coffee spill on her lap, and I mean, we're talking very, very extreme burns. If you've never looked up the pictures... You know, look up the pictures. We're talking about some very, very extreme burns. Uh, and this was an older lady and there were medical uh, procedures that needed to be done, skin grafts and, you know, all kinds of stuff. Like, it, it went bad. And McDonald's only wanted to pay out, like, a couple of thousand dollars. They were like, oh, our bad. Here's, like, $2,000. Sorry. <laughs> the lawyer laughed at him like, oh, no. 
we're coming after you. Exactly. So a big part of the settlement was, you know, to actually, I shouldn't say a big part. Part of the settlement was to pay those medical bills and everything, her her actual loss. Mm -hmm. But the, I would say 90% probably of the settlement was punitive damages. And so uh, how did we get here from talking professional liability Um, (laughs) is that that's, that's something that could happen if you are, let's say, a real estate agent or an insurance agent or a tax professional and you've been warned, you've been warned, you've been warned, uh, but regardless, you continued to do things kind of the wrong way. You, do, you, you did not take those warnings and change your business practices. And so after all of these warnings, you actually had a large claim. You could get sued not just for the actual loss, but also punitively as well. Ouch. Ouch. Man, and that's stuff that you do. What about stuff that your employees do? Or what if your employees get hurt? Well, so employees, this is two things that we want to talk about here. The first is what we call vicarious liability. In the last episode, we talked about how you as a parent are responsible for the actions of your children. And if your children are bullying somebody on social media and that uh, victim ends up, you know, uh, the, the family of the victim ends up experiencing a financial loss, you, the parent, could actually be held responsible for your children's actions. That's called vicarious liability. Employees have the same type of relationship with their employers. So whatever they do, their employer is ultimately held responsible for. Because technically they're telling them what to do. Exactly. Now, that's the type of stuff that will be covered under the general liability portion because remember, it protects you, the business owner, from what somebody else might sue you for. But the employees themselves are covered against injury through a workers' compensation policy. And that's a no-fault insurance, right? No-fault meaning that it doesn't matter if it's their fault, your fault, somebody else's fault. If they are injured while they are at work, they will be covered under that workers' comp. And in fact, there's even, I remember a question on the insurance exam that was like, Bob trips on his shoelace while he's at work going down a staircase and falls and breaks his leg and can't work for six months or whatever it is. Uh, what will the insurance do? And they're going to pay fully. They're fully going to pay for the medical costs and they're going to pay, uh, what is it? 66 and two thirds percent of their income. And if you don't have workers comp, you, the business owner or the employer are liable for that. Oh, for sure. Not to mention when the state finds out about it, they're going to fine you $10,000 per employee. Ouch. Yeah. So yeah, you have to have it. You have to have it. If you if you're a business owner and you have employees and you don't have workers comp, come talk to us. You need this. You are putting yourself at risk and I promise you the state will find out about it because you have to report your payroll and they have to report their payroll and if they don't see workers comp somewhere on there, They'll find out, they'll send somebody out to you, and they're going to walk in, they're going to look around, they're going to count how many heads are behind the counter or whatever it is, and they're going to find you $10,000 for each one. Ouch. All right, so make sure you have workers' comp to protect yourself in case the employees get injured. And then let's talk, uh, we're going we're gonna to actually be joined by our life and health expert, right? 
We are. We so, are happy to welcome Miss Heather Williams, who has joined us on the call to talk to us all about life insurance, which, as we jokingly talked about earlier, is the only one, ironically, that isn't required and the one that probably matters most. Mm-hmm. So, Heather, welcome to the call. Or actually, welcome to the show. Hello, James. How are you today? Doing well. And Hernan's here, too. Hey, Hernan. Hey, how's it going? Going well, thanks. So, so you are talking about life insurance, yeah, I hear? Yeah, so apparently life insurance is the only one not mandated by law. What do you think of that? Well, it's not mandated by law. Um, that is a fact, even though it should be, uh, in my personal opinion. You guys know I'm a huge life insurance dork and advocate for the product. Um So life insurance just has so many different features, obviously the obvious, a death benefit protection. Um, There's a lot of different forms of it. And, you know, not having life insurance can really devastate a family if there is an unexpected death or loss, um, as we all know. I'm a big fan of bringing up the whole GoFundMe situation. Um, I know everybody probably has social media. And you see the sad GoFundMe's. There was, you know, not coverage enforced and somebody, you know, had an accident or whatever the case may be. Um, When, sadly, people, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions about life insurance, um, that it's unaffordable, that people can't qualify. When in reality, you know, for $20 a month, with a simple term policy, you could protect your family, um, you know, and protect, get your kids to college. Um, pay off that mortgage, whatever whatever the uh, situation may be. So I'm a, a huge believer in having some form of life insurance. Um, there is wow. definitely perks to um, you know permanent products, but having something, of course, is definitely necessary in my opinion. I was gonna, I was going to say that you answered our question without even asking it, which is this is why people need it. Is because we do see all of those GoFundMe pages all the time, and or the car washes, or the car washes, or whatever it might be. You know, all the fundraising that happens because people didn't have these types of policies in place. So, Heather, what does it take for somebody to get one of these policies? It's extremely easy, and there's options even for people with medical issues because that's a huge thing. Um, if you're young and healthy. You can get even a guaranteed issue policy with most carriers. Um, you know, the guaranteed issue policies are going to run a little bit more expensive um, because there's no underwriting involved. Um, but you can get a term policy with a medical exam. They're really moving towards um, a new platform with underwriting, and they call it intelligent underwriting. And sometimes medical exams are not even required. Um, so they're really, you know, as an agent, it's become a lot, uh, less stressful for us. We don't have to go through medical questions. We don't understand, you know, we let the experts do what the experts do and ask those medical questions. Um, but yes, you do need to medically qualify, um, in order to get these products, but the products available that are guaranteed issue, they're not going to be the higher amounts of coverage options to have something in force. So typically it is your standard medical exam. Um, okay yeah so basically we need to medically qualify we need to make sure that we're not already dying 
And yeah, and that's the, that's the person that really wants it too. They'll call you and be like, I'm stage four cancer. And at that point, unfortunately we can't help them. So just being an advocate and, you know, having a good insurance agent is really helpful because, you know, if you're an expert as an engineer, you're not an expert in insurance. So, you know, just having somebody that you can really rely on, you know, I know the internet is great these days and, um, really automates a lot of things, but having an expert, um, that can really enlighten all the benefits for you and really coach you through what's available and why it's important um, can really make a big difference. Because it's probably because there's it's not just the life benefits of of what happens when you die, but it can also be used for like estate planning and tax protection and and retirement. You know, retirement. There's a bunch of different avenues that can be involved with the life so policy. Actually, yeah, the death benefit, I mean, that's what people think of. I honestly don't even work with it that way. Obviously, that's um, a guaranteed benefit as part of it. But typically, what we're going after with life insurance policies is the tax benefits with tax code 7702. Um, this is amazing. It allows us to pull money in and out of permanent products on a tax-free basis to help fund retirement, college funding, um, you know, if we're looking at wealth transfer situations, there's so much that can be done. Um, and life insurance is actually the only retirement method that will allow you to pull money out on a tax-free basis and not run. And when you're looking at IRAs and different things that compare, you're doing straight with withdrawals and eventually you'll hit a zero. In the life insurance platform, you borrow against your death benefit and your cash value continues to earn interest, which allows you to stay sustain income for life and the contracts do go to age 120 so hopefully we don't all live to 120 that sounds like a long time but or hopefully we do live to 120 right i mean that's kind of the thing yeah. most times yeah. life insurance policies are like we're betting against ourselves right we're be- uh, well that's technically you know what it was initially thought of but you know as products have developed and become more consumer friendly with different you know, the big one on the market, my big seller is the Index Universal Life. That has so many benefits. We can add the long-term care, which is a huge factor. So really, you can one plan can take care of many needs. If I die too soon, if I get sick, and if I die too, or if I live too long, I can really hit all three of those bases, which is going to, everybody's going to fall into one of those categories in their lifetime. So it's really, you purchase this plan and Everybody's scenario is going to be a little bit different, but one plan can have you covered all the way around. Yeah, and it, it just takes a little bit of education, right? You don't really, I mean, I hear index universal life, and that's already three words, or two of the words that I don't even know what the heck they mean as far as far as it comes to insurance, but I, I can contact Heather and get some more information on that. What's your email, Heather? My Williams, so H-W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S, at pipelineinsurance.com, B-I-P-E-L-I-N-E, insurance, I-N-S-U-R-A-N-C-E.com. Oh, man, you can do a spelling bee. It's pretty good. I know. I am so most – I've been on a roll today. I've been teaching all day. Now I'm talking more. Good thing I, I can talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a good thing that you love, and uh, you love life insurance as much as you do and helping people as much as you do as well. Yeah, it's amazing. I love – well, it's, it's, to me, it's like a puzzle. Um, a lot of people have misconceptions about life insurance, and they don't really know 
how beneficial these policies can be in so many different scenarios. So it's really nice to educate people and then also build plans that will protect people. And, you know, I know at night that whatever money that they're contributing and whatever interest they earn is saved from market volatility, as well as, you know, you know, other factors, all the money that you put in and the interest you earn is safe. So that is also a, a bonus as well. Hey, real quick, Heather, before you round the bend here, um, I know it's not uh, as as an expertise field for you, but we do work with a lot of people on the group health, right? Yeah. So, uh, what what does it what does an employer or a business owner need to have to be considering group health? So, group health actually, you know, my probably second area life insurance is definitely my area of expertise, but I do have quite some experience with group health. So, group health, you just need to have a W two employee and an owner. So you can have a two man group. Um, so, a lot of people think that they need to have all these employees and all this, you know different criteria there are certain restrictions like husband and wife groups or owner only groups but as long as you have one w2 employee and an owner you can form a group so group health is amazing because there's so many more options the individual market is extremely rigid um those of you doing covered california or have you know shopped around you're restricted when you can enroll you're restricted on the plans you have access to so it's very restricted and it's very expensive. Um, there's a lot more price points within the tiers. Um, when I'm saying tiers, I mean, I mean bronze, silver, gold, and platinum, which is the, the levels that are required in health insurance. So within those plans in the group realm, you have a lot more options um, in order to select a plan that meets your family's needs. And, um, you know, as far as an employer goes, you can recruit better talent by offering these group benefits. And as far as, you know, an individual goes, you're going to have more plan options for your family or yourself within the group forum. Nice. So there are other ways to go around getting health insurance, especially if you have your own business. Absolutely. Um, One of our examples, um, we just did a group health a couple of months back, and the owner was actually paying, it was on a local plan here in San Diego, a short plan. Um, We moved them to group. It was a family of four. We saved them over a thousand dollars a month. That's huge. Just because of the more plan options in the silver tier. That's huge, and yeah. we got a lot of family of fours. A year, that's huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's. I mean, healthcare alone is expensive. Saving them saving them thousand dollars a month is is definitely beneficial. Well, Heather. Yeah, and just another side note, like number one cause of bankruptcy in the U.S. is because of health issues and you know long term care a medical emergency. So having health insurance really is important. And, you know, if that's a value as an employer, you can bring to your employees. Again, you're going to attract better talent, have better morale. Um, Those are all things that will come along. Well, thank you for your time, Heather. It's all useful information. I mean, those are some of the things that, you know, people end up shopping around. They don't really think about life insurance. They have to kind of get health insurance, but they don't really know where to go. They don't know. They don't know how to shop it. So I'm going to make sure that if anybody is looking for any of that help, they get they get in contact with you. It's hwilliams at pipelineinsurance.com. And that's pretty much all we got for our show today. So, Heather, thanks again for being on the show with us. That's all I got for you guys. All right. Thanks, Heather. That's all we got for you guys. Peace.
Bye-bye. And I'm out.